0: Good morning. I usually don't review books, but this is a special podcast. I am going to talk about a book that I recently read by Taya Mutanji. It's called Shut Up, You're Pretty, and it was published in April of 2019. Um, it has won so many prizes so far. Um, it won the Trillium Award. Um the Writer's Trust of Canada Award. It is a fabulous, fabulous book. It is a story, a book of short stories, um, which it was just well articulated and extremely well executed. And I'm going to review this book, but not only am I going to review it, I am going to give you some critical analysis of this amazing and fabulous book. So let me just give you a preview of this amazing book. So it is a short story collection that Taya Mutanji wrote. It is fabulous. It is actually a very short book. It only took me a few hours to read it. But aside from that, it is just so well done. So it basically is about a Congolese family that moves to Canada um, and it. The main character is a young girl named Lolly, and we watch Lolly's transition from um, preteen, teen, teen, young adulthood into adulthood. Um, And it is nothing that is pretty or easy. Um, It is a difficult time for her. The book is really cemented more so in relationships in general. So, mostly her uh, relationships with friends, relationships with men. And basically how she tries to come back. So she's really just trying to become the comeback kid. But the story is slow pacing in the way that it transitions her relationships. So Lolly learns from every woman that she encounters. This starts really early on in the book. And I found this book to be relatable in so many ways that maybe I haven't even thought about in years. Um, the book for me took me back to myself starting off when I was, you know, um, a preteen and how those relationships really affect you. And I'm going to talk more about that because Taya actually did an, uh, an interview speaking about that. And it's actually a common theme in this book. So relationships is a huge thing in this book. Um, and not just in a way of like, sexual relationships although that's a big theme it's just in general sort of like the people who make us like our interactions with people who have like given us our identity that maybe we don't even remember so I really liked the philosophical context of this book and also the way that it was so relatable um the book does take place in Scarborough which is not far from obviously Toronto And it's just the way that things happen in the book that made it really, really um, relatable to sort of like my own personal brought up seat. And I don't think that it's even because the character is black why I relate. I just think that outside of race, it is something I think many Canadian or maybe even American, you know, I don't know what their system is like, but that you know, they've experienced. I think we all know as women a character that's inside of this book. So why don't we just dive right in into the book? So one of the things that I really wanted to start off talking about was this idea of identity that Taya herself has mentioned in interviews. And that is something that is really interesting in the book of, uh, in the novel, Shut Up, You're Pretty. Um... It's interesting because the terms that she uses, such as identity. So she, she says that, you know, the women that we meet in our lives, they tend to impact our identities. And sometimes we don't even really know. There are parts of us that these women, these other women, whether young, old, whatever, they add to us. And I actually really resonated with this. So in Shut Up, your Pretty, Lolly doesn't really have an identity. Honestly, until she meets Jolie, the character's identity starts to develop. So Lolly's identity starts to develop. She starts to become more free. She starts to get more confident. She basically starts to become like Jolie, right? She's kind of like Jolie's biggest fan, but she kind of moves from, moves from being Jolie's fan to sort of becoming more free. Jolie teaches her so many things in regards to sex. Jolie teaches her about smoking. They read magazines together. They spend a lot of time together because Jolie's mother is a drug addict and Jolie spends a lot of time with Lolly and vice versa. But Jolie's lifestyle is more experienced and seasoned than Lolly's. And Lolly, for lack of a better word, wants to fit in. And I think part of her fitting in is her character development to sort of becoming like Jolie, which is more free. Jolie is very sexually free because she doesn't have really any restraints because of her parental guidance, if you will. So she's much more experienced. And we see this throughout the novel that Lolly herself is doesn't really have an identity, but she kind of adopts Jolie's identity when it comes to sex, which is using sex as commodity, which is something that Jolie does. Um, and... Jolie is Lolly's first teacher. And I sometimes wonder if, you know, in the beginning of the novel, you, sorry, in the beginning of the short stories, you feel like Jolie is teaching Lolly. But there is, midway in the book, there's a small section there when Jolie needs money because her mother wants to kick her out and all this other stuff is going on. And Lolly comes up with this idea that they should charge people, charge men, and kiss them. Right. Which is foreshadowing, foreshadowing to what later happens. But it's her idea that they should do this and they do do it. But that's Lolly's idea. So I I often wonder if, you know, if it started off where Lolly was the student, but now she's the master because she's kind of developed into this whole person. Right. That that is, you know, like she doesn't really and it's innocently done, but it's huge foreshadowing. To what happens later to Lolly, and it's just—it's very interesting because did Jolie teach Lolly these things, and then Lolly just kind of, you know, became her own person, or were these things already inside of Lolly to have these ideas about men and money and, like, you know, it's—it's it's a very interesting, um, very interesting way in which you know Taya wrote that about the character. Because you would think that Lolly is very inexperienced, but then Lolly has these big ideas. So, you know, as the story transgresses, you kind of get to see more of that happen. And I do think to some extent that, you know, in the novel, you cannot speak of, um, you cannot go without speaking of Jolie. Because I think we have all, as women, had friends such as Jolie. Um, who are more experienced than we are, if you want to call it that to be nice. They're way more experienced than we are. They know more than we do in terms of the ways of the world. And we get some of our, our identity. I personally have had a friend like Jolie. And it's interesting when I read this, how it brought me back to that friend. We're no longer friends, but how it brought me back to that friend. And I think I was kind of like a lolly in a way, because sort of the way that that friend was so free, it was a little exciting. That you want to be, that like you want to be liked, you want to be popular, and you see somebody else do it with such ease, and so it was. It was really interesting to think about it in that way. But Lolly eventually, you know, to some degree, outgrows Jolie, but Jolie leaves. So we don't really ever know what happens to Jolie. Um, but Jolie leaves, and Lolly is then for, forced to make new friends and to be a different person, and it's really interesting. That she kind of took Jolie's master class and then took it and graduated to a level where now she's in high school and her skirt is hiked up and she's wearing tight clothes and like, and she got that from Jolie. So it's kind of interesting that even though Jolie is gone. She's still part of Lolly's identity, which I think that Taya actually speaks a lot about in her interview about how we learn. Because essentially, when I thought about the interview and I thought about the book, there is such a huge um, overcast of how much the women in the novel contribute, even the young girls contribute to Lolly. And then when I took myself, it's like, hmm that's interesting. So all the women that I've encountered in my life, they've left pieces of themselves with me that I may not even have noticed. So it's very, like, Taya did such a good job at articulating that. I I just, you know, it was really, it it was really well done. And I mean, like, just the story of Lolly, right? I mean, lest we forget that she's a new immigrant in Canada. And Jolie doesn't see race which I think is really kind of common of in my experience because I myself when I was younger I had friends everywhere right I just think that you're not as you know you're not as guarded because you're a child and you're growing up so race is not as you know as big a deal to you when you're little as it is as you're growing and things change which essentially happens to Lolly because race does become a big issue for her in one of her most monumental relationships. I want to briefly talk about the idea of relationships, not necessarily related to identity, although it can be, but there are two very impactful relationships in this novel that I think are very important. The first one is with Dylan, who she liked all along, um, and I believe he was sleeping with... Jolie way back in the day but after her father dies and she just can't agree with her mother there's just a lot going on so on top of the normal rebellious teenage angst her father has also passed away and this puts her in a in a, in a very dark place of course it would because he committed suicide and her mother is becoming unbearable so Dylan is there for her they have sex they're together um she moves into the basement um and Dylan is do, doing his thing And then he basically tells her, it's not you, it's me. Uh, It's a little bit of you, but it's mostly me. I'm not attracted to black women, but you were different. You were hurt and you're like family. And I don't know what you, and I don't know you needed me. And I guess it was fun at first, but then it got too real. And this is the first part in the book where I think Rose is actually really brought up. Um, because Dylan is not black, and he says to her, "Oh yeah, like, you know, it was fun, but I'm not really attracted to black girls, but there's two things happening in this particular point in this book, which, as a female reader, I could understand, and the first thing is, um, Taya is talking a little bit of, of feminism and male ego, right, you were hurt, and Psychologically speaking, men like to be heroes, so you were hurt. And then there's the other added part of this, which is that this idea of she was fun in the bedroom, but not necessarily fun in public because she's black and he's white, which speaks to a color context. Um, Not even color, but a racial context. So I like the way that Taya integrated those two things, not making it overshadow the book, but putting it into the book together which was this idea of the psychological, if you want to call it, or biological factor of men, which is the hero complex, but on top of that also integrating race into the in, in there, being that he's going to save her regardless of the color of her skin, but there is a larger context or historical context that, you know, same thing with women who are of bigger size, right? Men can sleep with you, but they don't want to be out with you in public. And that's the same idea here. She's okay in the bedroom, but this is not okay for something sustainable. And that really goes back to a larger context, which I'm so sad that I don't have enough time to talk about on this specific podcast. But that goes way back to a larger context of slavery, right? There's a lot of mixed people that were born in that time frame due to the fact that slave masters decided to sleep with black women, right, and not, like, not even care. Like, it was just something that they did, using black women, disrespecting black women. And in this same frame, Dylan is using a black woman, even though he thinks he's helping her, he's using her. And then just disregarding her like she doesn't really matter. And then, you know, adding the punch of like, oh, it's okay, you can stay one more day or whatever till you get your life together. What does that do for her? What does that do for Lolly, who's already broken? And you're telling her that you, you essentially don't want her. Like, you know, I just, I I really liked the way that Taya put this in so masterfully because it, it is true. And I don't think that, and I think that even today in like right now in this world, that still happens, right? There's a lot of people that engage in relationships with not just... Um, race but also in terms of size um, you know things that they do in the dark that they don't want to bring into the light and I just the way that she did this so masterfully and quickly so it was very much so to the point how she did this Um, and then of course we have the relationship with the TA Jonas um, which is probably Lolly's biggest downfall Because Jonas essentially, you know, gets her pregnant and, you know, he stops speaking to her. He totally, totally, totally um, breaks her heart in so many ways. And I think that it started with Dylan and it just moved on. Um, Mainly because Jonas is more artful. He wasn't honest about his intention because, first of all, he's highly educated, which is, is definitely apparent with how he talks to her and he communicates to her. But he also is sort of like a master puppeteer in how he goes about his interactions with her. And then the way that he just cuts her off completely. But that being said, I will say to some extent, Lolly did that to herself. And I, again, bringing this back to the platform of talking about girl code or... Identity. Lolly doesn't have any identity, and I think that throughout the novel, even though there are women, even like Phyllis Green, she learned lessons from Phyllis Green, her cousin Teresa, um, her mother, Jolie, but I do think that her personhood was always tied to a man of some sort, even though Especially when she didn't have the influence of other women. Although Patty is not necessarily an influential factor, Patty is more of a support lead, if you will, that helps her sort of get over Jonas and sort of put her life back together because Paddy is doing her own thing with her yoga and everything. But I do think that a large part of Jolie was tied to men and i think that sorry a large part of well jolie was tied to men but a large part of lolly was also tied to men and that was starting from the beginning like i said did jolie really teach lolly or did lolly to some extent already have these things inside of her that was activated which was essentially the bottom line is lolly always just wanted to be loved and even earlier in the novel with she discusses her relationship with her father as mostly good, but they're like strangers. They don't really know each other, right? To her father, they're fine, but to her, they don't really know each other. And I think she's made up for this in her interactions with men by usually using sex, as I think (laughs) many women can speak to using sex or her body to communicate her commitment to relationship in not understanding that, not having any emotional intelligence is mostly what will keep you in a relationship not just using your body and i think that that becomes like a a lesson for her especially after the abortion it just becomes things become rather difficult for lolly like she literally has almost like a complete meltdown which i think is unfortunate for the character and I mean, as much as I do think that this book is about identity and the way that we learn from one another, I do think that the underlying theme of the entire the entirety of the short stories is a young girl who desperately wanted to be loved. And unfortunately, everybody that she loved and came into contact with other than her mother ended up leaving her. Jolie, her father, like, you know, Jonas, uh, Dylan... Um, she didn't really love Ben. Ben was just kind of like some man that she was seeing on the, the DL. Um, but, you know, her her experience, I mean, I just think that this is such a well-written book. Um, the way that, you know, different themes, you know, intersectionality is kind of weaved in here and there. Um, you have cross-cultural text. You have some ideas with feminism, um, some ideas with male ego, Um, you know, uh, even by, by curiosity, there's just so many things that are interwoven into this text that are artfully done in a way that it is just kind of almost, maybe you can't relate to everything, but I can relate to having a friend like Phyllis Green. I can relate to the Tiffany friend. I can relate to the Jolie. I mean, I can relate to being peer pressured to do things that I didn't want to do. And because I didn't do them, like, you know, people looked at me differently, um, it is that kind of a text, but more importantly, it really is, to my view, in a way, a philosophical text because you have to love yourself. And at the very end, when she goes back home to her mother with the tilapia fish that made its appearance in, like, I think chapter one or chapter two, um, sometimes you just gotta go back home. Like, that's it, right? You gotta go back to the place in which that you felt so disempowered, you got to return there to start fresh. And, you know, through the book, I mean, the transitions that happen to Lolly, it's really kind of sad. But if there is one thing that can be said about the way that Taya put her character together is that Lolly is not a character who goes down easy. No matter for every circumstance that has happened, Lolly has always managed Lolly did waitressing. one point, okay, yes, Lolly was heavily into prostitution or escort service, if you want to call it that. Um, she's always made a way. She's always found a way to survive. She's been a people person. She's made friendships with Olivia, somewhat Anna, uh, Patty. I mean, the, these are Jolie. These are, these are people that have come through her life for so the screen in uh, her cousin Teresa, and she's taken something from each of these women. Um, something that is powerful to some extent, some of it that's been pretty negative, but she's kind of worked within her own boundaries as the novel progresses. And like Taya said, in a couple of her interviews, you really do see that even though her identity started off as questionable and Jolie started programming her as she transitions into an adult life, you can really start to see how she's gaining her own identity She's becoming the person that she wanted to become. And that becomes pretty apparent um, when she goes back home. Because going back home, the the book starts home and the book ends home. Which I think is artfully done for a reason. The book, when we opened the book, she was having a fresh start. Now that we're closing the book, it's almost like a fresh start again. And it's how she's going to engage from this point on forward. And I think part of that is self-love, right? I think self-love is the most important thing that was really, really pointed by this book. But it also spoke to, I think, younger versions of the readers, like myself. Um, the book takes place in Toron- uh, Scarborough, but later on it moves downtown Toronto. And it was, you know, when she's talking about these images, I can actually remember being in high school. I can remember, I can't even believe saying this, skipping school with my friends that I shouldn't be doing. Um, I can also remember smoking. I can also, like, there are so many things that I could remember. I can remember having the awful boyfriend. I can remember the way that made me feel somewhat like Lolly, right? Trying to pick yourself up and trying to not let those things bother you. But we know that subconsciously it does. So it made me re-engage with, like, a part of my youth that maybe I kind of forgot Or made me think of things in terms of my youth, of how perhaps one particular friend or another friend or my groups of friends, how they impacted my decisions that I made then and how maybe they've helped me shape some of who I am today. So it's just really interesting. And, you know, Taya talks a lot about like the lived experience and about how women, you know, how we learn from each other, how we engage with one another. And I think that her book really does that. Her book really does show you depending on if you're reading it critically. If you're reading it critically, it really does take you back to a place to sort of analyze your relationships with people you've had in the past to the person that you are now. Um, It's just, it was such a well-written book and I really do recommend people read it. That's why I did not tell you the whole story, but I gave you a brief summary because I think it is so beautifully written, um, especially how it's written for a short story that anybody would enjoy this book. Because there are lows, but there are definitely some highs as well.